what's up everyone uh, kevin here i don't really think i need these but you know just in case uh light language mostly from me not from kp and i just really hope you enjoy this episode all right so um yeah i'm gonna have to fill this in because i still don't have a name for the podcast um but I'll start by saying I don't introduce people in real life. So that being said, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, uh, name, what you do, pronouns, all the good legal stuff. Okay, cool. Um, you want, I can go now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm KP, uh, Jock and KP on Twitter, and then um, KP's Gems for the blog and the newsletter. Um I'm currently a blockchain solution architect. I live in New York City, but pretty much travel around a bit. Um, I've been working in blockchain like professionally for a little over two years now, but have kind of been passionate and into the space um, much longer than that uh, since about 2015-2016. I used to do a ton of cloud security work and then, you know, kind of got a little bored with that. So then made the Kind of made a transition over into blockchain um, just because of how interesting and new it was and then the potential that it has uh, to you know impact like our community society and just be really great for for people um, to build sort of like this new generation of wealth um, for themselves by being able to like capitalize on different opportunities that we don't have today with a lot of the centralized systems that we're working with got you um, so you said you're in New York. Yes. Are you originally from New York? Did you move there to like make a career change? What What's up with that? Cause that seems very popular. New York <laughs> is like the place to be. Yeah, I love New York City. Um, I'm originally from Florida, um, from the St. Petersburg, Tampa area. Um, about three years ago, three, four years ago, I moved out to San Francisco. Um, I was there for about like two years and then I've been in New York since, um, not last July, but the July before. So coming, I'll be coming up on two years in New York. So yes, and I moved, I moved to San Francisco for a job and then I stayed within my own company to go to New York to be able to do blockchain stuff because that was kind of where, um, majority of the team was like east coast and the you know the firm i work for is like based out of new york city so that was just kind of the most logical placement for me even though i'm like i feel like i have no home i'm just remote pretty much all the time and like i'm in new york sometimes i'm, I'm in atlanta a lot um, i'm in california a lot so i'm not sure i don't think it matters where i live so like which which do you like better? Like I've lived in New York, I've lived in California. Which one would you prefer? Like if you had to choose one long-term for career and just like personal life in general? Oh, I love New York City so much um, that I think that's probably my top choice. I don't know how long I'll stay or be able to stay. It'll just kind of, I'm very like go with the flow, see where life takes me, kind of do my own thing. So um and I love New York City. What about what about you? I mean, I've moved like every year for the past eight years. <laughs> so <laughs> I like did the whole like moving around for college and internships and then 
I was like, oh, I'm going to stay at home for a year. Then I like my job at home. So I moved to New York and did grad school. Didn't like New York. Didn't like the grad school experience. Moved back home. Moved to Seattle this time last year. Moved home for a short stint while I got my stuff together to move here to Michigan. So I was just, are you, where are you in Michigan? I was just there for like a month straight um, in Ann Arbor. Oh, no, nowhere close to there. I'm on West Michigan. <laughs> All right, cool. I had never been, so. Yeah, I've only been to Detroit, but I'm in mean, like the Grand Rapids and all that other stuff where nobody wants to be. <laughs> I don't know too much about it except I've had to go to Detroit and then Ann Arbor for for some work stuff. But yeah, and then I went in December and I was like, mm-mm, what is this about? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be a winter storm this weekend. So I'm just like eyeing it to make sure I can still go get groceries tomorrow. I know. It's crazy. It can- yeah, that's something I didn't think about when I moved to New York, obviously, had living in Florida and then California. There was like a really bad winter storm last year. And my dad, my dad's from the Northeast. So he was like, hey, do you have enough food? And I was like, for what? And he was like, there's a storm coming. He's like, treat it like a hurricane. Go get everything you need to get now. I was like, oh, right. Okay. See, that's crazy. When I was in New York, like there was snow or whatever. But I still was just like, well, I'm going to throw on these snow boots and I'm going to walk to like the corner store, <laughs> you know, and get get a Philly cheesesteak sandwich or whatever. Like people still be doing stuff. Yeah, they do. It's so convenient there. I think like that's the thing I love about it is all the admin stuff that I'm terrible at and like making time for, I don't actually have to make that much time for it. So I feel like I'm like a much better person. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely spoils you because, like, I got to Seattle and I was just like, all right, I can't get a sandwich at three o'clock in the morning. Everything's closed. They doing, like, hardcore drugs out here. Like, what what's going on? Yeah, the West Coast is something else. Um, it was cool. I mean, the vibe was, it was fine. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Work stuff is cool, but, you know, I think I'm way more of, like, an East Coast person. Got you. So, like, you also mentioned cloud security. You know, I like, ooh, I sometimes like the cloud, but I like security. What made you make the switch from that to to blockchain? Like, when when did you realize that you didn't want to do cloud security anymore? Or when did you realize you didn't want to do it as much? Yeah, I still like security, but I think it's, like, it was very, like, black and white to me. Um so it's very like I, you know, you go to clients and they're like, this is how we're doing it. And you're like, okay, well, that's wrong. It needs to be kind of like this or like that. And, you know, there wasn't, I felt like I was just so, it felt monotonous to me a little bit after some time. And like, I was just doing the same thing. So then like, I wanted to switch to blockchain just to be able to explore some of my more like creative side of like, okay, I want to design like a new solution using new technology. It'll make a difference one day. It was just blockchain was just like a lot more fulfilling for me for the time the time being versus just doing security because like security is important you definitely need it but i mean like when you think about like what's like sexier more attractive to like what you want to do with your day it's like blockchain is way more fun um there's nothing wrong with security we definitely i still use it and that experience was super super valuable in what i'm doing today but um yeah, blockchain is a lot more, it's a lot more fun, super new. Security was just kind of like, like, well, you can't give, you know, 
right privileges to everyone. <laughs> like I was sick of saying like, things like that. It's like, well, it's like you can't just you have to like figure out what ports you want to open on your security group. And they're like, oh yeah, it's like I was just tired of it, you know. <laughs> Sounds like me with development in general. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess let's see. Uh, I'll ask one of these Twitter questions. Uh, one of them is, um, do you have like a game plan on becoming a blockchain network engineer or developer in 12 months that you could give someone? I don't really know what either of those are. So if you could also explain what they are, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think the roles that I see today are a blockchain engineer and then a blockchain developer. Um, so, and there's blockchain network engineer is I think something that will come later. Um, once blockchain is more like production grade and more mainstream, then like your network engineers today are just going to have to be able to pretty much use their same skills, uh, but also be able to apply it to, um, blockchain solutions or blockchain networks or blockchain applications. It won't be too much different than what they're doing today. There's just a couple various like nuances but i don't see a lot of roles for like a blockchain network engineer yet but i definitely think um we'll start to see that more in the future and then going back to the engineer developer there's a couple different paths you can take in doing these so as a as an engineer blockchain engineer you or developer you would either build applications using blockchain technology or you could kind of focus on developing the blockchain technology itself and then stuff that interacts with it. So an example of that would be like creating your own or a new blockchain protocol or a different currency. Um, but I think most of the most of the like opportunities are in building decentralized applications or dApps, um, which are basically like applications that run on top of the blockchain uh, itself. Uh, and I think that's where that's where a lot of the jobs are right now. And then I think the skills for that are pretty much if you do programming already, um, you're pretty much there. You just have to like add a couple blockchain things to your skill set. So like on the engineering dev side, definitely like cloud um, cloud solution architecture type experience is super important because all of this runs in the cloud. So if you're able to to do solutions in there already, that that's super helpful. And then just um, as far as programming language, it's like C++, C Sharp, um, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, Solidity. Solidity is more like blockchain based for like Ethereum development. But in addition to those main programming, um, you just kind of have to add some of the Ethereum protocols and learn about the different distributed ledger technology. I think cryptocurrency protocol knowledge would be great. And then um, also understanding uh, crypto economics a bit because a lot of this is based around financial services and then public private key encryption and things like, like anything around like security and encryption um is is super helpful as well and so i think if if, if that's something you want to do and you're not a developer already or a programmer or don't do any sort of solution architecture um I think it would take you 12 months for sure. But if you already have some of those skills, I don't think, 12, I think you could do it, you know, probably in six or less. Got you. I don't know. You said uh, C++ and C Sharp is coding languages. I don't think I can make that move anymore. <laughs> it's me. The network engine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say like mainly like the, the programming stuff is really just like kind of application development more so um 
because more so than the blockchain stuff truly isn't like that difficult. Um, I think if you, it helps if you have that programming language experience just so that you can build those apps. Um, but you definitely, I think one or one or the other, or like a combo of all of these. And you, I mean, even just a little bit would be fine. Um, cause I don't actually do a ton of programming and whatnot. I do a lot more. I like will manage more of the developers and I kind of do more of the engineering as far as like, what's this going to look like in the cloud? What do we need to do? But I won't actually make like the web app or like get into, I won't get way into the weeds on, on some of those things. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think if I were to get into this, I think the network engineer route would be a, a lot easier and a lot quicker. Cause I know you can pick up networking in six months yeah. and then what cloud certs, those take about a month a piece, right. throw those in there and you'll be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think if you have no experience in any of this, I would plan for a year or more, but if you have some skills already, um, you could definitely work your way into a role like this, having, um, having all of them or even just like a handful of them too. Gotcha. So, um, I was in New York. I went to a lot of like Bitcoin meetups and stuff like that. Um, do you go to any of those? Have you gotten anything out of it? Uh, or like, I don't know, even job related stuff or anything that helps move your career needle forward? I think, um, I mean, building, I think building your network is like super important. Um, last year I went to a lot of uh, blockchain, cryptocurrency conferences, meetups, whatnot. Um, the big, honestly, the big events are not my thing. I find them very overwhelming and there's like a lot of people to meet and talk to. I've actually, um, I've had more luck kind of making connections on Twitter or LinkedIn with people who I think are doing interesting stuff and then making other introductions kind of through those avenues. And I found that to be a lot more helpful um, than kind of some of these larger, larger events. I think the meetups are cool if it's like a smaller group. Some of the stuff in the crypto community though is like, um, like you go to a meetup and it's, you know, you're just like hanging out, drinking beer, which is fun. And you're like making friends, but like not, I don't always get something out of, out of those other than like, I met a couple people. So I think being, I've, try to be more, just those kind of things kind of overwhelm me. So I've tried to be more strategic in who I'm meeting and then like making other introductions through like, oh, hey, like I know this other girl, she does this and like you guys should connect. And then I meet someone else through her and then someone else and someone else. So that's kind of been a easy, a better path for me. Got you. Makes sense. I used to go, I don't know if it's still happening. Um, there was one at Club 4040, I think is the name of it. Whatever Jay-Z's club is. Uh-huh. And it was like really small back in like 2017. Mm-hmm. And somehow it like grew to like all these crazy people coming. Cause I think uh, Bitcoin actually went up in price or something. So then everybody was like trying to get in, trying to learn stuff. And I, I never go and talk to people. I just go and sit on the couch. <laughs> I don't know why people come to talk to me when that happens, but sit on a couch, grab a couple of food items. And like, people just want to tell you a whole bunch of random shit you don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. I, those, those overwhelm me quite a bit. It's, um, I'm like, what am I doing here? What's my, who are these people? And yeah, 
Then too, I feel like the crypto community, for whatever reason, they're very argumentative on like a lot of stuff. And it's like, I definitely, I'm so chill. I don't like to argue. Like if you think one thing and I think another, that's great. I don't really care. Like <laughs> I'm happy to hear your perspective, but like, I'm not going to get into it with anybody over anything usually. So um, that's always interesting to me too, is like half the time it's, you know, people arguing and I'm like, yo, chill out. That's interesting. So I have um, a personal question. What is the difference between um, things like Litecoin, Bitcoin, all that stuff? And then uh, what do people call them? When people are having all those IPOs and you would buy like their particular coin. I don't remember what that's called, but like what what was the difference there? Yeah, the ICOs. So the so um, starting with the the first part to your question, the different cryptocurrencies that you see, like Litecoin, XRP, Ethereum, and whatnot, those are just different protocols of different currencies. So um, so similar to like what I what I just mentioned earlier, how you can focus on developing a new blockchain protocol or currency, like that's another. These are like projects that have come out of that. Um, so they're for various different things. Um, and those are just coins with different protocols. The ICO craze, um, that happened is, is similar to like a fun fundraising mechanism for, for like your company or your product. So they use that as a way to raise money through a coin for their company in the hope that the coin, um, you know, will kind of be its own stable coin and, and end up on like the crypto exchanges similar to like where you see Litecoin, XRP and, and stuff like that, or, or Bitcoin. So that's that's kind of the, the landscape of those. Interesting. So if they just fell flat, then people just lost money. Is is that kind of how it worked? Um, yeah, pretty much. So like if they're not able to raise enough, you know, like funds, then it usually they just don't they don't go anywhere. And yeah, you would lose. If you invested in that, then there's nothing for you to get out of it at this point. Like the hope is that it would grow to something like a Bitcoin and into the future and and be worth something. But a lot of them don't. Oh, man, that's a bigger risk than I expected. Yeah, I think like investing in ICO projects like that is pretty risky. Um, Yeah. And there's a ton of them on different on different markets. I know like Coinbase doesn't feature doesn't feature everything. like there's only a certain number of assets you can trade on Coinbase, um, but there's definitely of other ones that are like doing well or doing okay, but uh, you can't actually trade them on certain markets or exchanges. Sorry, not markets. Gotcha. So like speaking of exchanges, um, what are your favorite exchanges? I have Coinbase. I've never used it. Um, I just took money off of Gemini, so I don't really know how to use that either. What are your favorites? Um, I pretty much use Coinbase. I know uh, some of my friends use use other things um, or like different different markets or everybody has their own opinion. I keep my stuff in a off-chain uh, storage wallet, so I don't really worry about um, the exchange I'm using, I'm using too much. But I definitely use Coinbase. I have a ton of friends that work there, so it's just kind of like I'm just going to stick stick with that one for myself. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. I want another Twitter question here. Um, 
Are there any quality resources you have for information and updates about blockchain as it grows? I'm assuming your blog would also be, you know, qualify as one of the great places for information, but is there anywhere else that people should look? Yeah. So, um, in my, in my blog, I post, you know, different things I've written about, and then I have a couple of pieces coming up that I'm collabing with, um, some of my friends who have, you know, various startups and whatnot and are working on different projects. So there's always like, I'm always writing about something on my blog there, but on my newsletter, I do all the latest like blockchain and crypto news updates on, on a weekly basis. And then I also drop links to various like resources and materials around um, blockchain education, articles, information. Um, if you're just looking for updates, I usually do, um, what are they, Coindesk, Cointelegraph, um, there's a blockchain, I think it's just called blockchain news, but I have, um, I know my, my boss has a Google alert just on blockchain so that anytime something's written about blockchain, they email her the article. Um, Medium is a super great place. Um, if you have, if you are more like kind of like a futuristic thinker or, you know, looking for the latest and greatest and want to hear a lot of different perspectives. I love medium for that because people are always saying stuff, um, things that like I've never even heard of and they have like a full perspective on it. Um, so that, that's a really good spot to just under the blockchain and cryptocurrency, like hashtags, there's so much stuff there. Um, and then as far as like learning material, I, I pretty much taught myself all of this and I used a ton of free resources, um, between, Coursera, Udemy, Pluralsight, Skillcrush, all of those have free, free intro to blockchain courses. They have advanced blockchain courses. Um, blockchain Training Alliance offers classes. You, you have to pay for Blockchain Training Alliance, but it, I, I consider it worth the money. Uh, it's really good material. And then they're, I think they're the only ones right now that actually offer like recognized certifications if you wanted to get certified either on the business side of blockchain stuff, or if you wanted to be a bit more technical, they have a, they have a, they kind of have it going on as far as like a one stop for training inserts. Whereas, you know, Coursera, Udemy, all of those, um, it's other people's course material and whatnot. So it's, it's great information and it's usually free and that, that's an awesome place to start. So I'm going to be devil's advocate here. Are the certs worth it? Like, do they actually help get your foot in the door or are they just something nice to put on your resume? I think they can. Um, I'm trying to decide if I actually want to take them myself. Like I've taken the courses on Blockchain Trading Alliance, um, but I'm trying to decide if like the certificate itself would actually be valuable, especially just, I think it depends on what your goal objectives are and what your current skill set is. So for me right now, I've been wanting, I've been focusing on just getting all my AWS certs because I'm like, I've had this knowledge for a really long time. Like I need certifications in it. So me, I've been trying to execute that. Um, and then I'll probably move on to some, some blockchain ones. I think if you already have a lot of technical um, experience, you have all your technical certs you want to get, a blockchain one would be great if you want to get your foot in the door somewhere. Um, but I think if you can, uh, I think just having the skills that are required are enough to get you in because there's a lot of jobs related to blockchain and not enough qualified people. So I don't know if you absolutely need them yet. I feel like they're nice to have. Got you. You said you're getting AWS, but I also saw on Twitter, like you said, Azure kind of has the better blockchain 
platform. They do. Um, I personally just like AWS better. I've spent years in it. So um, that's why I'm doing that. When I, I have to use Azure for work a lot. So when I'm in there, I'm like trying to cross-reference what is this in Azure so I know what I'm doing. Um, but Azure has like a very advanced blockchain offering and it's all very like little low to no code. Um, which is really, really great because that means that you can quickly build like prototypes or demos for what you're trying to do without actually having to know like web, web development or some of these other things. So that's definitely a market trend is where it's going. That's why I kind of think like the cloud networking and, and security and solution architecture skills are a little bit more important than actually some of like the web app development stuff. Um, just for, for right now, unless if, you, if you're trying to do your own projects, definitely, you know, the low to no code is the way to go. I think on the enterprise scale, obviously, you know, can't do power apps, building a power apps uh, demo for a client is not really ideal. Like they want to see something like real and, and custom for them. So, yeah. All right. That makes sense. I mean, I also stand AWS when they don't make me mad. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah. AW, um, yeah. AWS is really great. I think um, Azure is fine. It's just AWS is my preferred, but we have a huge like partnership with Microsoft. So like nobody cares what I want. That's so common. Like that's also a big thing here in the Midwest. They're like Microsoft lovers in dev shops everywhere. And I'm just like, I hate this, but they'll use AWS backend, which is crazy. They'll put everything on like ADO and all this other Microsoft stuff and then be like, oh yeah, our IoT devices, we're going to use AWS. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think too, I was like, we should use AWS to like manage blockchain for this and this and this. And then they're like, no, we're going to use like, we're going to use Azure instead and then be able to do this, this and this and all this. I'm like, whatever. It's, it's, it's a political battle for me, <laughs> but fine. Makes sense. I just say I don't make enough to make the big changes, so it doesn't matter. Well, that's love my pay grade. Whatever you tell me to use, I'm gonna use, and I'm gonna try to like it. So. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, you also mentioned like protocols for blockchain change like on the daily. Oh yeah. So how are you? How do you keep up with all that? Because if you have all these different coins and all these different protocols, how do you know? what's important what dies what what's about to be like the new thing oh yeah it, it's definitely tough um i think just having in this industry in general just having like an ability to be able to like pivot and not be like emotionally invested in any one particular thing is is key because um even when you look at like hyper hyperledger fabric for example like there's a ton of variations of hyperledger fabric there's sawtooth there's Fabric 1.0, it, it's evolving. And then Ethereum too. So you have Ethereum 1.0, now you have Ethereum 2.0. And then you have all these different startups that are um, kind of like creating different blockchain-based solutions. And then they have their own protocols and, and they're using different things. So it's very difficult to keep up with. I think it's more of just, um, you just have to stay on top of what's going on and be able to follow it for the time being. So if new stuff is coming out, that's great, but you kind of have to, you want to know about it because someone is likely going to be like, hey, what about this? And you're going to have to have some kind of perspective. 
but also knowing, like being able to follow something and seeing where that development is going um, or having your own take on it as well too. Like, Hey, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Or like, Oh, this is really important. Let me stay with it. Um, but yeah, there's new ideas, concepts, apps, protocols, security measures. They come out all of the time. So it's, it is tough to keep up with all of it. I do my best, but you know, it's, it's hard. There's always something someone's like, Hey, did you hear about this? And I'm like, no, they're like, it came out last week. I'm like, Oh, okay. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) so do you have like i know what mobile development right so for example react native just hit like version one i think in august or something Uh but there's always stuff going on so is there ever a point in time where it's just like oh this this is gonna die out or this is really gonna be like the next thing and you try to get somebody to to realize that this is important and this is gonna take off um Yes and no. I try not to, I honestly try to like get, not get too hype on stuff until it's like kind of proved itself out. Um, It's really, it's hard sometimes because I'll think something is really great and cool and then it just doesn't evolve into what I thought it could or or what I was hoping for. Um, So I really just try to, you know, even with like Ethereum 2.0, like, oh, it'll do this, it'll do that, it'll do this. But then there's always like another set of like issues or problems with it or or it doesn't quite do what you thought it would do. So I try to like rein myself in and just like get, let it let it come out. Let's see what it's about. Let's see what's good about it. Let's see what's bad about it. And then just keep evolving. And I think one day, one day, most of the major issues will be worked out um, and all of that. And then we'll have like that we'll have those leader products that we're we're sure of and we use all the time and that are have proven themselves right now it's just so new there there's so many things and you really have no way to tell if it's if it's gonna be something other than kind of like riding the wave and seeing seeing how long it makes it hmm that i think that would make it work more interesting i see now i see the appeal like (laughs) yeah or even just like there's new even like blockchain applications or use cases that come out and it's like oh I never thought to use blockchain for that that's a really great like idea or stuff comes out and I'm like you don't need blockchain for that at all I can't believe they're selling that like that's crazy <laughs> so so can you give an example of like something that's uh, been really cool that someone uses blockchain for um I think I saw someone using it for like school books or something for a middle school but I don't really know how that turned out okay um yeah so one thing i think is cool for just to stay on like the school subject i think um using blockchain for grades and uh degrees and kind of recording recording your diplomas or your completion of things is super cool and that academic like think about if you transfer schools or um anything like that or when people want your transcripts right like you have to call your university talk to your registrar have them send your transcripts to whoever this person is and it has to be like verified and sealed. And it's just like a lot of stuff. Um, or even like verifying your degree and all those things are are difficult right now. They're kind of hard to do. Putting all that stuff on blockchain like is, is so great. And then that means your academic record becomes yours. You can take it wherever you go and it's verified information. Um, so that that's a really interesting use case. Um, I think some of my favorites lately are, are in the public sector specifically. 
around the tracking of disaster relief funds or fund management for like grants for maybe like cancer or HIV research. I think we, there's so much money going on uh, or being like, you know, pushed into disaster relief, but I don't think we see a lot of the results that we would hope to see in the event of like a natural disaster. Um, You know, it'll take, you can go, you can go to New Orleans, Texas, Florida, Puerto Rico, any of these places and there you still see damage of of hurricanes or natural disasters years and years and years later and like stuff is still not rebuilt and you you wonder like okay supposedly they got millions and billions of dollars to fix all this and it's not fixed so like what happened and then um grants for like cancer research or, or uh even just for stuff in the community like building community centers or you know doing good things there you see all this money going but you don't actually see what you don't see any results. So I feel like in the public sector where it's very difficult to track, um, you know, money and people and what they're doing and what they're spending it on. I feel like blockchain, it's very simple. Like it's just track and trace, it's immutability. It's, it's very basic use cases, but it's it has such potential for such an impact and, and difference. And those are the things that really get my attention. And that's really why I'm in this space and, and why I care, you know, like of course the large tech companies or whoever can use this stuff for more profit and more money. Um, but I think it has a lot of potential for good and it, it forces accountability and I love that. So that's, though any use cases like that where it's impactful and makes a difference definitely have my, my attention and, and that's where I like to spend my time. Got you. Uh, the grades thing got me thinking. Like I've transferred, oh shit, I've transferred every every level of school, fun. Um, I transferred to undergrad and starting a new grad program. So I can see how moving your grades would be very helpful. Yeah. But I can also see where that goes wrong. I've had those classes where, you know, you need the grade change after you take it. And I, I don't know, I, I understand that there's, um, validation on the blockchain right yeah for every transaction yeah but i can see that just going so horribly wrong like oh yeah i i retook this class i'm supposed to get an a and like somebody just fuck up and be like nah you're getting a b we averaged it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel you i think um blockchain too the the can't delete feature is very interesting. So you can append and write over stuff. So like if you had your A, it got changed to a B, you could kind of see that like you had an A at one point and now you have a B. So like there's always that. But um, when you think about like all the privacy concerns and like about data and information and like if you ever wanted someone to delete your data and they put your data or attributes of your data or your behavior on a blockchain, like that's not, that's completely... Um, it completely goes against the principles of privacy. So that's something like I bring that up at work and usually like the room gets pretty quiet and they're like, well, we don't really, we don't know what to say about that yet. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we should probably figure that out. So yeah, there's definitely some pieces where, you know, blockchain may not be the best or, uh, you know, there could potentially be some issues doing what we're doing. It's interesting you say that because um, aren't there a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot, aren't medical companies in like the medical field kind of looking at using blockchain to store um, like any of your, your data? So say you go, you got like an OBGYN, for example, I'm from Tennessee, so I got an OBGYN there and I need my files transferred um, up here to Michigan. 
Mm -hmm. Isn't that like their ideal use case? It is. And I think there's a lot of issues around some of those use cases. Um, But so when you're storing like data for patients and whatnot, ideally you should never store uh, like that PII or PHI on the blockchain. What you would store on the blockchain is more like event related data or something where it's like, oh, you had some test runs. What were the you could potentially store the results or just like a verification of those results, like um, whatever the potential score needed to be or something or, or whatever the result was without directly tying it to you. So it's, it's very tricky in architecting things like that, especially when you're dealing with PII and PHI. A lot of that should be stored off chain and then tied to you know an identifier on the chain so you can piece it together um but really yeah that's it's very tricky to design some of these things when you have pii phi got you so that would that mean that like it's the responsibility of like medical practitioners yeah that's the right word (laughs) or would the um person themselves actually own their data because i guess like i want to be in the medical field but that's been a thing looking at blockchain and medical it's very confusing do i own my data or is it the responsibility of like whatever doctor I go to or the hospital? Yeah, I think I think all the around like data management, I think the whole idea is for like the patients to own their records and then be able to share with who they want to share with. Um, I feel like that is the holy grail of blockchain use cases. Like you own all your information and you share it with who you want to share it with. Um, but it's very tricky to do that. It's not easy at all. Um, I was on a panel for blockchain entrepreneurs and um one of them this was her exact like company and use case that she was going for and you know it it's hard it's not an easy thing to like architect and put together and and there's a lot of other things outside of the technology itself that you have to consider um so yeah it's, it's definitely a tough one i think we'll solve it eventually of like how it should actually look but um yeah, it's a, there's a lot to be done with some of that stuff. Got you. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. I got a question. I've been wondering for years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Was there any more Twitter questions uh, before I just ask my own personal questions? Um, one question is, are there examples of projects to try out with blockchain? I guess I'm assuming for like beginners, not too sure. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the possibilities are endless. I think if you, to me, I look at blockchain as like, it's here to solve, you know, a particular problem. Um, So because these platforms kind of offer all these different um, like low to no code offerings and whatnot for you to like get started. I think you could almost design any use case you want. I think when I was first playing around, I did a real estate one um, just because like my parents are in real estate and I was like, oh, it'd be cool to like build them a little app on blockchain they could like use for stuff. Um, so that was kind of where I started exploring initially is just like things I thought I thought were interesting or, or where, you know, there's obviously a lot of paper in real estate and things like that. So I just started with things that are of interest to me. I know something that's fun lately and, um, I don't know, you might be into this too, is there's a lot of uh, like loyalty rewards blockchain programs coming out and then like doing gaming on blockchain. So managing like your gaming points and and rewards for that. I think that's really cool and fun for a lot of people, 
That's lit. Like, I would definitely right? plug up the PlayStation more. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool stuff. Like, um, when you think of, like, oh, okay, if you watch, I don't know, uh, like, comics or, or any of, like, the streaming channels, right? Like, say you got Netflix rewards and that could pay for your account because you watch so much Netflix or, like, you contribute to a community by, like, blogging or um, leaving comments or something like that. And then you earn points for that and can use that at, like, different merchants. That stuff's really fun. And I think that's, I see a lot of that in the space and I see a lot of people like having fun and really interested in it. And I think that, I think it's really cool myself. Um, I hope to be able to do a real life like loyalty project or like gaming project, we'll see. But yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that stuff's super cool. Now I'm like excited for that to happen. I would love to be able to like watch anime and get PlayStation pay for. Oh yeah, come true. Yeah, or like, I don't, I don't watch it or, or use it, but like anything you're doing on there. So if you're like any sort of community that you're in that has to do with you know like streaming or characters or TV, like that stuff is that's gonna be like a big. I think that'll be something we see in the future too. Um, it's kind of like these communities and ecosystems, and then you have you know five hundred thousand tokens that equate to something and. And they, you can use that somewhere else, you know? You can pay for Netflix with that, maybe. Like, all these companies will be partnered in some way, shape, or form. I think that's cool. So do you think that will, like, change the whole influencer game? Totally. I think there's so much that has to change in the world of social media and influencing. Um, I think a lot of us have been... And I, I'm, I don't... The only social media I use is Twitter. And then uh, I don't do Insta. I don't do Facebook. But... It's like, think about all the stuff people post on there for free. It's like only really the top tier um, influencers are the ones, you know, like making money per post and things like that. But at the end of the day, like Instagram and all these other places, people can reuse your content. That could be like, it's your original content and you're basically giving it out for free. And somewhere, someone else is using it and probably making some sort of money off it. So I think there's a huge potential for blockchain to... Um, there's like various startups like working on this as well, but there's a huge potential for blockchain to kind of transform that to where, you know, I post something that is my original content as that content moves throughout this whole ecosystem. You can verify that it's mine. And then if someone, if I want to license it to someone, I can make money off of that. And I think, I hope, I hope so much to see a future, a future like that, because that's money for a lot more people. And that's a lot more ways for people to kind of, make money versus that top tier percent like Kendall Jenner getting you know I don't know how much she gets per post but like five hundred thousand dollars or something I'm not sure but like just as an example you know like we should all be able to monetize our content and our creativity and, and things like that makes sense I wonder how that would um affect like copywriting and trademarking as well because then if you're following the path of who the original content owner um, will you need copyrights anymore? Will you need the trademark, you know? Yeah, I think um, trademarking and, and I think what is it? I think it's domains and stuff too. This is, blockchain could be huge for all of that because if you, it's really hard to prove who owns something, especially in the digital world. Um, so yeah, I think it, it would affect all of those things, but I think it would affect it in like a positive way, you know, because if you did want to copyright or trademark, something that you made it, it will truly prevent others from doing that because you can prove that it was yours 
Hmm. It's going to be an interesting world to see. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. What are the questions? Oh, you mentioned the other day that there's a difference between a DAP and a network. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so... Can you explain the difference? Yeah, so... Um, Essentially, the dApps are just the applications built on top of, of like a blockchain. So in that, I'll just refer to like one of the examples I was talking about already. So in tracking disaster relief funds, right, you would create an application that would do that for you. And that, that's what the dApp is. So that's sitting on top of the blockchain um, itself and is running. The blockchain network is pretty much the participants who are using that application. So in that disaster relief fund, network, you would have like maybe me and you are receiving money to do certain projects. And then the people that are giving us money are on that as well. Someone who manages all the details of these projects are going to be on that network. If you and I hire some contractors to do some work for us, we're going to put them on that network. So the blockchain network is, is all is that whole ecosystem and who's all in it. And then the application is what what they're doing on it. So like whatever that application is having you do in this instance, it's tracking funds. And then, um, yeah. So the app is what you're doing. The, the network is, is who's in it and how you're, how you're all interacting. Does that make sense? I got you. It did. Cause I definitely thought it was the same thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. So like the dApps will exist essentially on the blockchain network. Okay. Yeah. So the network does all the work and the dApp is like your window into it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like your front end. Um, you know, what are, what are me and you doing? Are we logging in? Do we have a mobile app? Do we have a web app? What are, you know, we're recording something. Okay. How are we recording that? You and I are communicating in this app in some way. Um, you know, I'm seeing information that I need to see from you. You're seeing info that you need to see from me. Um, and that's, yeah. So it's the applications on, that are in the ecosystem. And you can have more apps than just one. Like maybe it's fund management and then maybe it's uh, digital identities and then it's something else and something else. So like in these ecosystems, you could essentially have like, you know, five to 10 different applications that everyone's using, which is cool. Got you. All right. Um, I don't know, like have any questions. I don't, I don't really know this stuff. So I don't really know if there's questions I could answer. Uh, given like my field but like any questions for me yeah i think um your experience in like mobile app development i think is really cool because something i struggle with is you know uh building good mobile apps on a blockchain network and kind of making that experience um really cool. I feel like most of what we do is like a web app, but then when I get to the mobile app, I'm like, well, they're only scanning this and then they're doing that. And it's like, not that great, but like we show it as like a component and it's something you can do, but I feel like there isn't a lot of time being spent on like mobile app development for blockchain solutions and what those should actually look like and what's a good like standard for that. Um, so I don't know if you have any, any like tips and tricks on, kind of what would be good in the, what would be like, what would actually like be like a standard of like, this is good and you should do something like this. So like from a mobile perspective, it's not something that's really being talked about at the moment. If we're being like super honest, okay. like a lot of people now are, 
are really pushing this whole IoT thing and IoT is pretty fucked up. So like you can't you can't really move on because the thing with IoT is like you need this hardware component to talk to the cloud. Yeah. But you need like a, a middleman for that. And that's where your mobile app comes in. But people aren't building good experiences there. Yeah. Yeah. So like in my perspective, mobile's not gonna be able to make an easy transit transition to blockchain because like you can't even get IoT right right now. It'll probably take yeah, it'll probably take like another five years for for them to even consider it, you know? Okay, that's really interesting. So you're saying the IoT devices, you're using a mobile app to connect the IoT, the information from the devices to the cloud and like kind of navigate it that way? Yep. Okay. So I think there's been, this is interesting then, because uh we've been in a lot of like conversations about using blockchain to help secure iot devices so then i don't know if maybe in the future then that's something where you you have all these iot devices you want to connect them to the cloud maybe you can do that potentially with blockchain in some way and then you have an app on top of that i'm not sure but um that's super what you said is super interesting i think that that's currently the approach that's an interesting perspective. I think like also, so when you think about IoT, you know, like you have the Bluetooth connection, you have a Wi-Fi connection, right? But there's no standard. Like people are, are like, oh, we don't want to use Bluetooth because like that chip costs more. You're selling the stuff for like 200 plus dollars anyway. Stop being cheap, right? Right, right. But they never want to do that. So you, you start off with these Wi-Fi modules to find out that like, it's not that great. But the the process that people are going through is like, you gotta connect your phone to the robot. Then you have to pass like all this stuff from your phone to the cloud and then to the robot. And then you have to disconnect your phone from the robot so it can connect to the cloud. So you have like all these extra steps that people are doing and no one's figured out how to like cut them down and make it easy. Wow, okay, interesting. Yeah, I think I, I struggled with mobile, uh, mobile app development just from a blockchain perspective. Like when I make like the way to show some of the functionality, I'm like, this is this isn't very good, but oh, this is all we have, so okay. But yeah, that's, that's very interesting. I think too. So like, where I had a hard time with mobile app as well was um, wallet, mobile wallet development. Um, and like what your digital wallet looks like like on your phone and how you would use that in the instance of like what we were talking about earlier with like loyalty or or creating like those those ecosystems where you're earning stuff and then what your how that how that looks for you and how it works and and all of that i was that was something that got me like hung up a little bit as well yeah i've um i've used a couple of mobile wallets it's also how i lost a couple of hundred dollars in bitcoin but uh, it's just like hit or miss. Like, I don't know. Mobile is so, it's kind of old schoolish, but it's not, you know? Yeah. Like we have all these new hybrid solutions coming out now, which are just basically web apps. So it's, it's almost to the point where if you get a really good web app working and using like a react and react native and stuff like that, you're probably going to be okay in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people aren't focusing on like that mobile perspective as much because it's just like 
well, it's going to take care of this anyway and just fit it to what we need. I got you. That's helpful because I was like, yo, we're lacking in the mobile app space. Like, I don't even want to show what we have because it's not that great. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I don't know, unfortunately... As, as quickly as mobile got popular, I'm, I'm thinking the landscape is what, I'm not thinking, I know for a fact, it's changing quicker than expected. Mm. Like people are asking for cloud knowledge for mobile developers. That's wild. I gave it another two or three years before you maybe needed a cert for that stuff, you know? Yeah. But it's now it's like, all right, well, we have all this stuff. Like people are talking blockchain, people are talking IOT. If you can't log into the cloud and maneuver to read like, logs or use s3 buckets right kind of useless oh yeah yeah i see that in my space too it's like if you don't have any cloud knowledge you're gonna be a little lost on kind of what 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 what's going on and how to build some of these things and how to architect them or even from like a business perspective you know like you can't really talk to people about this without mentioning the cloud you know so yeah i second that cool well um let's see coming up on an hour so like any last minute advice uh for anyone on any level um like any tips to get in tips to staying yeah yeah um i think always be pretty much always be like learning looking for something new don't ever think that uh you know it all. Um, I learned something new. I've been doing this a while. I, I learned something new every day that I had no idea about. So I think, you know, if you, if, if you get overwhelmed by, you know, newness and, and a lot of things going on at once, maybe, you know, take it slow, learn the basics, um, definitely learn cloud. I think that's the biggest, I think that's a great takeaway from all of this is like learn cloud and then like start small. But I think if you're, if you have like that hacker mentality where like you want to solve problems, you're excited, you like when stuff changes, you like the fast pace, like definitely go, I would definitely go all out in this space. It's not going to go away. Um, I think blockchain will be on the back end of everything we do one day. And I think even if you're not in technology, it'll impact your industry in some way. So I think anything you can know or learn about it, um, the better off you'll be, even on even on the business side or from a business perspective. Um, yeah, and then I think just have fun with it. I think all this stuff is super cool. It's fun. Um, you don't have to be right all the time. I think most people are wrong. I'm wrong sometimes. Um, so I just think, yeah, I think go into it, enjoy it, have fun, learn as much as you can, and. Uh, you know, always ask questions. Just, I don't know, do your thing, be yourself, have fun. That's that's all I got, really. <laughs> oh, so I have, like, you mentioned blockchain being, like, the the future back end. So do you think that, like, databases are going to go away, in a sense? Um, I don't think databases will go away. I think they'll evolve um, to be more like blockchain, which I, they're already doing that, which I think is so funny. Like, uh, you're an AWS person, too, so... Uh, like Amazon QLDB, that has tons of, you know, blockchain attributes. It's not a blockchain, it's still a database, but, you know, it's using cryptography to secure secure transactions and information. Um, so I think, I think databases are gonna start to evolve. It, at Neptune is like a, a graph database um, that has a lot of blockchain attributes. So I think that's something that I thought was super interesting. 
as of late is a lot of the product offerings you're seeing in the cloud have blockchain attributes, which is super impactful to everything we're doing. And that, that's just increasing that accountability of what you're doing and, and what you're executing more and more. So I, I love that. I think, I don't think they'll go away. I think they will just continue to evolve and be better, which is awesome. Got you. Cool. Like I actually haven't used Neptune yet. I read about it a little bit. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I read about it and like read a bunch of stuff about like graph databases and whatnot, because I was trying to figure out like, I'm like, is this blockchain or is it different? So no, I haven't built anything on it or used it yet, but I think, so I think it could, and I haven't done it, but maybe, maybe this is something I'll do since I thought about it again. Um, I think, uh, the graph databases w would be a really cool way to store. I think, you know, how we were talking about earlier, like, oh, you want to store information off the chain. So like right now people are storing a lot of info centrally. So to me, that defeats the purpose of this dis distributed decentralized network, because at the end of the day, your information is still like either an S3 bucket or it's in like a central, a central database. But if you can store information in like a graph database or these other distributed databases, I feel like that's a perfect setup to some of the storage issues that we have with blockchain and that, and that being centralized. So um, haven't used it yet, but I, I feel like that could potentially be really cool. Maybe I'll flush that out some more. Okay. Well, you know, I'm gonna wait on the experts to use it and then I'll try to like stress myself over it. <laughs> I'll let you know. I think we, we always go back and forth on Twitter about our, our cloud struggles and stuff and what we're doing all day. So I'll just send you an update. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, so do you have a favorite backpack? And if so, what is it? Cause you know, I'm a backpack connoisseur, so. Okay. Uh, so I recently, I recently switched to like a big girl, like designer purse for work and stuff. But prior to that, I had the same backpack for six years. Um, it literally went everywhere with me. I love it. Um, it's from Matt and Nat. So they make vegan leather products and it was just like this super cute, like tan, um, backpack. And it like fit my whole life in it for years. I, I traveled all over for work and like that was my that was my baby. I took it everywhere. And then I was like, all right, I think it's it's been six years. I think it's time to retire it. Nah, nah, never retire. Never retire. Keep using it. It's there. I use it more for like personal stuff now. I don't I don't use it for work as much. I was like, okay. I was like, I need a big girl bag for work, I think. Like people think I'm a kid, so let me step this up but I love my backpack um I still have it I use it you know when I travel or, or you know for fun stuff now what's yours gotcha. um so if I'm trying to be cute it's like a Herschel bag <laughs> okay, okay like they're they're not that functional but they make some really cute designs yeah those are super um yeah and then I got this RSF that I just, I paid a, a shit ton of money for. So I've just used it every day. Uh -huh. um, but I think like functionality wise, my favorite bag so far has been uh, probably my Chrome industry bag. I think that's the only bag that I've done a YouTube review for that I've given a 10 out of 10. Let me look this up so I can see what it is. It's like, I think their initial market was like people that ride bikes, which is fine. Cause they, they make sure that you have enough space. It's waterproof. Yeah. Uh, 
it's me proof because I do a lot of stupid stuff. So I haven't ripped it yet. <laughs> oh yeah, these are cool. These are cool. Okay. I see you with your cool backpack. Yeah, a little expensive, but <laughs> they they last a while. That's all that matters. It's an investment. And the cost, here's, when stuff is expensive, you just got to look at the cost per wear. So it's like, if it's X number of dollars, but I wear it every day, that's pennies. It's going to be pennies. Yep. That's how I look at it. But then my parents remind me, like, when I moved to Michigan, I brought my, like, tub of backpacks up. It's like a 13-gallon tub just filled with backpacks. Well, how many do you They're have? just like, yeah, you don't even wear these every day. Um, I think I'm up to, like, 25 now. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to give, like, certain ones away, you know, that I'm not using, like... I still have a scout mentality of giving back all the time. So if I see like a backpack drive or something, try to like fill it up with school supplies and give away the bags I'm not using. Yeah. But some of the bags I actually wrote my name on and stuff. And I'm like, no kid wants this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. So last question um, is where can people find you? Uh, you said you only use Twitter. So uh, Twitter, you're, you're, newsletter link your website link all that stuff yes okay so the twitter handles jock and kp j-o-c-k-i-n-k-p and then my my name on there is kp and then um the my website with my blog and where you can subscribe to my newsletter is uh kpsgems.com so k-p-s-g-e-m-s.com i almost said j uh it's not Jay. It's a uh, So that's where you can find me. Um, and then there's links to my there's links to my Twitter on my website and stuff like that. So I try to connect everything so that you know it's me and whatnot. And then uh, you can email me. You can DM me. Um, if I'm not getting your DM and you can't DM me, just like at me and I'll. I think I have to be following you, so I'll do that so that we can talk. But yeah, I do also. Um, on my Twitter, if you ever want to talk about blockchain or anything like that, um, I do free Fridays, 30-minute calls. Um, I love them. I like love hearing from you guys uh, and about what you want and what you want to learn more about. Or even just, I've talked to some of you. You guys know way more than me, and it's great to like hear your perspectives and what you're doing and like learn more stuff. So definitely, um, if you just want to talk, free Fridays are the way to go. Uh, if you ever want my help with anything like more, more so than just that, um, there's other calls you can book. On there too so can definitely check that out i think that's all my stuff i think that's it yeah <laughs> okay cool well thank you for uh answering all of my blockchain questions and talking about this stuff that i know nothing about getting me interested uh i might have to look at some of those uh blockchain network engineering roles yeah yeah let me know what you think about them i definitely will so yeah, I guess um, enjoy the rest of your, uh, is this Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. All right, thank you. All right, bye. All right, everyone, that's the end of this episode. I hope you really enjoyed this. Hope you learned something. I learned something. Go check out KP online. Um, subscribe to the newsletter. Like, you'll learn a lot. Not even going to lie to you. I learn a lot all the time. Um, follow her on Twitter. She's probably one of the most wholesome people on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, see you in two weeks in another episode.